sing that one more time. Father, thank you for your presence that's here, oh God. Thank you that you prove time and time again that you're still faithful and you're still true. And you're not just able, but you're more than able, Lord. Lord, we love you with all of our hearts, Lord. We just want to come on a, a simple Wednesday night and we want to just lift our hands and lift our hearts to you and say, oh God, we love you, we trust you. We know you're good. We know you're the Prince of Peace the King of Kings. Lord, we know you're our healer as well, Lord. Lord, there's different needs in the body. We just want to remember them another time. Lord, I pray you'd bring a healing, Lord. All those that were here, Lord, I pray that you'd bless them. All those that couldn't be here, I pray you'd bless them, oh God. Lord, this little thought you've laid on my heart, I pray that you'd just help me now to get myself out of the way. And Lord, that it could be a blessing, that it could be a help, Lord. We just want to give everything we have to you, Lord. I can't do it, but you can. Lord, we give ourselves to you now. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you to all the singing and how many is enjoying the presence of the Lord tonight. Amen. I wonder if we could turn in our Bibles to Psalms chapter 8 and Luke chapter 17 after that. And while I have a moment, how many enjoyed the weekend with the birthday and with the celebration and the services? I, maybe I'll take my moment to say to Brother Harold that I... I've so appreciated Brother Harold's ministry myself, and many times something that Brother Harold has said is something that's come back to my mind time and time again, something he said, something he said, and, and more than you know, it's been a blessing to me, and perhaps more than my own natural mind can remember my spiritual life, and I believe the spiritual lives here would bear out all the things that were said, and so God bless you richly. And, uh, Psalms chapter 8. Verse 1 to 6, we'll read. O Lord, our, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of, mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man? that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man, that thou visitest him. For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over all the works, over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. Luke 17, verse 26, we'll start at. Now I can say a very familiar reading as the common saying goes. As it, and as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat 
They drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the floods came and destroyed them all. Likewise also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded, but the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. And what Jesus is doing is laying out a situation a context, something to look for. And he says, when you see this, then know, the last verse, Luke 17, 30, even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. And God bless you. You can have your seats. And I have a, a thought that I've had in my mind for maybe a long time, something I, I've looked at. And I, I heard someone say, and I'll just get, my title tonight is this. And sorry, my nerves, it'll take me a second. But... My title is this, is the Son of Man still on earth today? And perhaps it'll be a bit of a Sunday school lesson on a Wednesday night, but there's such a beautiful thought when we look at this topic, and I, I've just loved it when I've looked at it. And where it comes from is many, I think it was a few, I don't know how long ago it was, but I'd heard someone make the statement, and they said, well, the Son of Man ministry ended when Brother Branham left in 1965 when he died. And it struck me, and at the time, I, I was, it was a preacher that even said it. And it struck me, maybe at the time that I thought, okay, but I couldn't, I couldn't stay there. And I want to look, look at that thought. Did the Son of Man leave when Brother Branham passed away in 1965? Or is the Son of Man, this title, this mysterious sounding thing that we may, might hear in the Bible, that the Son of Man came to seek and to save, the Son of Man, the Son of Man, is that Son of Man still here? And I'll say it's not very mysterious at all. It's such a beautiful thought, and many, many veterans in the message might know exactly where I'm going, so I, I, but I've just loved this thought. Now, as we look at this, this theme of the, the Son of Man, we want to we think of, I'll say the words a lot, so it'll become maybe familiar in a second, but we, we think about where did it start in the Bible, or, or we look back to the Old Testament to see where does the themes of the, this title, Son of Man, begin, and if we look at we look at um, the, the, the book that in the Old Testament that would be the most used and the most quoted and the most brought out would be the book of Ezekiel. I think it was quoted 93 times where, where Jesus, where, where God would say to Ezekiel, son of man this, and son of man that, and, and son of man, and you would call him thou son of man, thou son of man. It was all lowercase son of man, but it was something about this title that he was giving to this prophet in, in Ezekiel chapter 37, we see an example, the hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones and caused me to pass by them around about. And behold, there was very many in the open valley and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again, he said unto me, prophesy, there was the mark of a son of man. There was the mark of something that would, those two things go together. Prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Brother Branham would say this in the identified Christ of all ages. Now, son of man is a prophet. Even Jehovah himself called Ezekiel said, son of man. Jehovah speaking to a man, prophet, called him son of man. Now, I'll take a step, and if you think of Ezekiel, Ezekiel, or you think of the prophets, literally what they were, were sons of their parents, 
They had a mom, they had a dad, so they were the son of a man. But there was something else that would happen because a prophet was gifted and foreordained to be used as a microphone for God. The prophet had this ability to get themselves out of the way and the king of kings and the Lord of lords would come through and say, son of man, prophesy. And God would get in that vessel and have something to say. The title of, 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 of son of man, what it, what it was referencing was God coming into human flesh. It was God coming into a man, and that man then would have a voice. He would become literally the voice of God to an age, to a, to a, to a, for a message in that, or, or, or something that would be spoken, and there would be a people that would be predestinated to receive it, and they would have to live it out, that voice of God. We think of Moses and Aaron as, as this type of how a prophet would become the voice of God, how God would indwell. And, and Moses came to God and he said, I can't talk, I can't do this, I can't do that. And so God said, okay, he, he maybe wasn't his first choice, but he said, okay, Mar- you're gonna see Aaron coming up down the road. When you see him, tell him, you'll, he'll be your prophet and you'll be God to him. And so what Moses spoke, then Aaron spoke, The people heard Aaron, but Aaron was Moses to them. And to Aaron, Moses was God. So if we take a step forward or backward, when a prophet would come, he was the voice of God to the people. He was a son of man. But God came into him. Deity and humanity came together for a moment in time. Christ would appear in this man. So we would see that God would find a vessel. This is maybe the pattern that God would lay out. God would find a vessel that he could use, that he would predestinate, just like Jeremiah. I've, I've known you from my mother's womb, and I've called you to be a prophet to the nations. He would find a vessel, and then he would speak to them, but he would give them, he would have a message for the people, but those people would have to know they could believe that message. So he would give them a sign to vindicate that this man was the voice of God to them. He would have a sign given, and that sign would be, in Deuteronomy, they would say that if, there, if any man think he's a prophet or a dreamer, if he says something and it doesn't happen, don't fear him. I didn't send him. But vice versa, if he says something and it happens, fear him. I've sent him. My voice is in him. So God would find a vessel. He would vindicate a vessel. He would send a vessel. That, vessel. that vessel would become the voice of God. Literally, the voice of God to an age, to a time, to a season, to a call, to a purpose. But there was a people there to receive it. And not only was there a people there that's predestinated and elected and had the right kind of ears to receive it, they could receive it so much that they would live out the voice of God. There was a part for the people to play that could live out that message for their day. What happens when the word of God and the voice of God comes into a people's heart? Is the word God? So then God comes into a people's heart and begins to live out. So we find that all of the prophets through the Old Testament 
would foreshadow a masterpiece to come. When all of these sons of men, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, David, all of these different ones that had a gift that were prophetic, they were all typing something. They were all pointing forward to someone. They were all pointing forward to that masterpiece that God was building. That masterpiece was Jesus Christ. And we know this, but they were all shadowing something. Now, maybe each of those messengers or each of those people, Isaiah, maybe he was the closest to God in that age, perhaps. So God in the Bible would write about him at that point. And maybe, maybe Jeremiah in his age, maybe he was the one that lived the closest to God. And so he would write about, and, and, and that Jeremiah became the shadow of God for that age, the shadow of Christ for that age. But there was, there was something more to come. Now, Jesus Christ comes to earth, and he would refer to himself, and we, we would see, we would know, we know, he's the Messiah. He, he's the one that, that everyone looked for. He was everything, he was everything that the Jewish faith had looked for, and they missed it. But what was he? What was the title? What was the, what was the way that he would refer to himself? What was, the, what was the office that he came in? God in human flesh. He was God coming down into human flesh. So the title he had to take was Son of Man. He couldn't take the title Son of God. He couldn't take the title Son of David. But he had to take the title Son of Man because he came as a prophet. He came so in the message, this day is this scripture fulfilled, Brother Branham would say, now he lived here on earth. He never did say he was the son of God. He said, I'm the son of man. Je- Jehovah himself called Ezekiel and the prophet son of man. And, and he, the reason why he would call himself then son of man is because he had to come to fulfill scripture as a prophet. Yeah. Moses said, the Lord your God shall raise up a prophet like an unto me. So Moses had come forth, he had prophesied, he had lived, he had been taken on that little piece of a son of man, revealing God to the people. But he said, there's a prophet coming like me, but this is, that's the full picture. Christ, the, Jehovah God had come and appeared in Moses many times. He had come and shown himself in Moses many times. Deity and humanity had come together for prophecy to be fulfilled many times, but that spirit would leave. But here was the part, Jesus Christ on earth, the flesh God and humanity coming in. God said, that's the piece of flesh I'm going to come into and I'm going to stay. I'm going to abide. John would say that. The one, or God would have told John, the one that you see the dove coming, descending and remaining, now that's the one you look for. This was the, the ultimate masterpiece. God in flesh and he was staying and he was there. He had to... The Lord, Moses said, the Lord your God shall raise up a prophet likened unto me. That's the reason he could not be son of God there, because he was the son of man. The word come to the prophets. He was the word in its fullness. That message that had gone forth, now he was living it out and he was speaking it out. Son of man, the major prophet, and then he says, not the major prophet, but the God prophet. The fullness of the Godhead bodily was in him. Therefore, he was the son of man. Now, for 2,000 years, Brother Branham will make a jump, and we'll get to this maybe more in a second. For 2,000 years, he's actually been known as the son of God. And in the millennium, he'll be the son of David upon the throne. We all know that who believes the scriptures. 
So Jesus Christ comes as the Son of Man, refers to himself over and over, and I didn't take time to find all kinds of scriptures to prove it, but you'll see it in the four Gospels. Over and over he would say, I'm the Son of Man. I'm the Son of Man. I'm the Son of Man. Many key scriptures would be invoking that title, Son of Man. One key scripture would be Matthew 16, one of the scriptures that we know over and over again, but maybe we've never seen it this way. He would say to Peter and, and all his disciples, he comes to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, in Matthew 16, 13, he asks his disciples saying this, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? Let's reword the question. I'm the son of man. Who is the son of man? He was asking, who do you say the son of man is? Who do people say this son of man is? Peter had an answer for him. All of those other people pointed back to the old types of sons of men. Jer some say they're Jeremiah. Some say you're this. Some say you're that. Some, one of the prophets. But, but Peter knew, no, no, this is the son of man. This is the God in flesh. This is all we've been looking for. Yes, they were, ace, they were sons of men revealing something more. But this is the reality. Jesus came seemingly as a son of man born of Mary and Joseph, as it was supposed, but it was truly God had come, taken sperm and egg, and made the beginning of the creation of God. He had made this perfect human, God was in him, but it was God. And I'll make this statement, the, the, really the best maybe definition that I can think of so far, and maybe I'll think of a better definition in 10 years from now, of son of man is the marriage of deity and humanity or the uniting. Son of man is when deity and humanity unite, when they come together, and they're together. Amen. I'll just remind you of the title. Is the son of man still on earth today? We can look at the balance of things and how important is this topic. Again, I didn't find you know, a whole bunch of scriptures in the gospels, but over and over again, that title is invoked. In fact, it was so aggravating to the devil, this title, that when Jesus would say, I and my father are one, and call himself God, would invoke the title son of man, it would lead to his death. Those were the things that were the, 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 the he's guilty and he must die. If you've ever taken a moment to watch The Chosen, you can see how aggravated the Pharisees will get and how even nervous the disciples will get. He keeps invoking the title son of man. Because what he was doing in the Jewish faith was saying, I'm God. That Jehovah you've talked about, that pillar of fire that's led you, that brought you from Egypt, I'm him. That's what he was saying. And that drove the devil crazy. And that drove all of the religious people crazy. The son of man is identified with the fullness of God. The fullness of God dwelt in the Son of Man. The coming of the Son of Man in Jesus' time was the culmination of the Jewish faith, everything they'd looked for. It was supposed to be the finishing, and they rejected it. And I'll say, that was Christ's first coming. In Christ's second coming, in the second coming of the Son of Man, there's a finishing faith as well. But we'll receive it. Okay. Now, I'll take a, a little deviation, but Brother Branham would lay out how Jesus Christ came as son of man in his, in his earthly ministry. He was the prophet. 
And then there was a point where he said, I must needs go so that the comforter can come. So that comforter was the Holy Ghost through the church ages. And then he would say, in the millennium, there'll be a time where it'll be son of David. He'll rule with a rod of iron. But he would say, in this last day, in this last time, right before, as it was in the days of Lot, when it becomes to a certain condition where the sin is so high, there'll be a need to send the Son of Man again. This is our day. There'll be a need to send that ministry again. It'll have to be identified. It'll have to be proven. And it'll need to come for a certain kind of finishing faith. It'll need to come for a rapture. I'll make a statement. The Ephesian church age, we are being restored back to the Ephesian church age. Absolutely. But we get a little something extra. Because they were under that son of God ministry. But we're under something a little bit more. Something a little bit greater that will take us all the way to what they didn't get to. And that's the translation. The body change. They didn't have that part. And we have something extra that we needed was that son of man ministry. So when he would come as son of man, we, we, we can see how in the, in the Bible, and I hope this is okay so far, but when, when, we, when, when God would come with this marriage or this uniting of deity and humanity and show himself on earth, he had a sign that he would show. If we look at Genesis chapter 18, we can see that Moses was in the, in the, the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in the tent in the heat of the day. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when they saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself to the ground. And he said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Let a little water, I pray you. So this was a man that he was dealing with. Be, be fetched and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. He had dirty feet even. And I will fetch a morsel of bread and I'll comfort you your hearts. And after that you shall pass on for there are you come to your servant. And they said, so do as thou hast said. And Abraham hastened unto the tent and said unto Sarah and said, make ready quickly, make ready quickly three measures of fine meal, knead it and make cakes upon the hearth. And Abraham ran unto the herd and fetched a calf tender and good and gave it unto a young man and he hasted dressed it. And he took butter and milk and calf which he had dressed and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree and they did eat. And they said unto him, where is Sarah thy wife? And now, this, this, now the Bible is setting up the story to show the sign of the son of man. The sign of the Messiah could be the other way you could say that same thing. And they said unto him, where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, behold, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return. Now here's the word going forth. There's life coming. There's a promised son coming. There's, there's something going to be quickened in your life, the promise that you've been looking for. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my, my Lord being old also. And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, I have a surety, bear a child which am old. And I'll stop right there. What was the sign? That God-man, 
Elohim in flesh knew her thoughts. It didn't no matter where she was. But he knew, and he would publicly show that he knew something that no man, no average man with dirty feet that would eat milk in a calf could do. That was the sign of the Messiah or the sign of the Son of Man. That was to the Jews. And in John chapter 4, we'll find a woman at the well where Jesus would go to her and begin to discern her hearts. You've had five husbands, and this one you're with now is not your own, and begin to show that sign of the Messiah. She right away knew, sir, I perceive you're a prophet. And when Messiah comes and he says, I'm he. When that would happen, that was proving that the Son of Man was on earth. The Messiah was on earth. That was to, the, 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 in Genesis 18, it was to, the, to, the, to, the, to Israel, to the Jews. The woman at the well was a Samaritan, but there had to come a day where the Gentiles, we would have our chance too. And we, we know this, we know where I'm going, but in this last day, something's been sent. Brother Branham would say in the message, recognizing your day and its message, the woman at the well recognized her day by the sign of the Messiah. She was in a bad shape. She didn't want to fool with them old churches the way they were doing. They were living every way and the things they were doing. She didn't believe that stuff, but she knew there would one day, there would come one, one day, that poor little fellow up there on the way to the well. She found that thing she was looking for when he began to reveal to her the secret of her heart, told her the sin that she was living in. She said, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. Now, they hadn't had one for 400 years said, sir, I perceive you're a prophet, and I know that when Messiah cometh, he'll do these things. He said, I am he. She recognized there was no more question. How can you prove it? It was already proved. When Messiah cometh, this is what he'll do. Now, I'll bring it right back to now 2022 and what we've seen of the message of the hour in William Branham. Brother Branham would say, well, if she can recognize it by the scriptures, that this was the Son of Man, this was God in flesh, can't we recognize the evening lights and the sign of today? Brother Branham came, and he had two signs that he came to show his message and his ministry. He had first that sign in his hand. He would take the people by the hand. He could see the disease. But then there was something more where he began to, we could call it discernment, know the secrets of the heart. And when he would discern the secrets of the heart, there was something that was proving that this isn't just a man here anymore. But Jesus Christ has come in a way he hasn't come for many, many, many years. And he's come in a man named William Branham. Now, it's very easy. I'm still struggling maybe with how to bring this out the way I'd like to, the way I'd love to bring it out. But I hope it's coming out okay. But Brother Branham came. And remember, we said that when a, when a vessel is chosen, the vessel has to be vindicated then he becomes the voice of God. So we've just said that he had that sign of the Son of Man, just like was done with Abraham, just like was done with the woman of the well. Brother Branham would come with that sign of knowing the secrets of the heart. But that means he had a message to bring. And that means there was a people to receive it. But Brother Branham would say in the message, the voice of the sign, I love this. There's something about this message there was a voice behind that sign. That sign was great, but it wasn't the point. 
Brother Branham would say, now watch, every true God-sent sign is followed by a voice. He says, now watch, every true God-sent sign is followed by a voice. Now you notice here the text, the sign and the voice. If they won't believe the voice, I believe of Moses, of the first sign, they'll believe the voice of the second sign. Now the sign has a voice. And every true God-sent sign has a voice. And that voice must speak according to the word that's given for that day just exactly. Brother Branham would say in the message, my commission. Now, I'm just your brother by the grace of God. But when the angel of the Lord moves down, it becomes then a voice of God to you. He says, maybe I offended you by saying that. Forgive me but I felt that might have been resented, but I am the voice of God to you. He says, he says, see, I say that again. That time was under inspiration, you see. I felt bad about it the first time, but it repeated it. No, you can see, I can say nothing in myself, but what he shows me, I say it. He had become a microphone. He'd become a son of man, where God and he come in humanity and began to reveal something. Brother Branham says, you believe it, and watch what happens. Brother Branham would say in this, in the message, the voice of the sign. Luke 17 is the sign. Luke 17 is the sign that Jesus said, in the last days, the nations and the churches and people would be just like it was in Sodom, the Gentile world, just before the burning up of Sodom. And there would be a group looking like Abraham. Go back when Jesus said, as it was in the days of Sodom. That was when Abraham was around. Go back and see what it was in Sodom. He read the same Bible we read. Jesus would have read that, that Hebrew Bible. Looking back at what was in Abraham's time. Same Bible. Now go back and look at what it was. Here is an elected group called out. Abraham's group. They were looking for a promised son. The Sodomites. Look at the world today. The Sodomites knew nothing, believed nothing about it. And there was a lukewarm the church member down in Sodom, look at those three angels coming to each one of them. Watch what signs they showed and you'll see what signs we're living in. Now that will be the sign. But then he says this, and the voice of the sign in this day will be Malachi 4. To restore the people back to the apostolic faith of the fathers. So what was the, there was a sign given, sure, but there's, that's only the signpost. If you stop at the signpost, you don't get to where you're going. You have to get to the message that would say, behold, I send you, and I want to look at the three parts maybe later, but I'll say it now. If I don't remember later, there was the three parts in that scripture. Behold, I, the Spirit, God, send you, Elijah the prophet, to restore us back to the apostolic fathers. That was the message. All of the things that had been lost through the church ages, all of the things that were loose ends, maybe things that we had never quite seen before as, as a Christian people, as God's people, we were coming back to it. And we were not only coming back to it where Ephesians was at, but there was a son of man ministry, God himself coming down to bring us and get us ready for a rapture. The voice of the sign will be Malachi 4 to restore the people back to the apostolic faith of the fathers. There is the sign. There is the voice exactly according to the scripture. Then he says this, and I'm slowly getting to this question. The sign is a sign that was at Sodom. God manifested in human beings. And I want you to notice now a number of times how often he doesn't say God manifested in me. As, the, as a son of man, Malachi 4, Revelations 10, 7, the seventh angel messenger revealing. But he says, 
he leaves it open. He says, God manifested in human beings. And Brother Brandon would say in the message, and I'm just going to be reading quotes, and I'll find that spot where I can branch off maybe properly, but I think maybe it's coming. In the day that the Son of Man is revealed, Revelations 10.1, and I'm, maybe we could, well, we'll keep going. In the day that the Son of Man is revealed, Revelations 10.1-7, the mighty angel comes down, there's the book, and in, at the, in that last day, all the mysteries of God would be finished. Read it when you get home. He says, the seventh angel messenger opens up the seals. What is it? Not the angel is the Son of Man, but the messenger is revealing the Son of Man. So Brother Brandon was clear to say, I'm not the son of man, but that messenger is revealing Christ, if I want to use a a more simple term, Christ. Can you get it separated now, he says. He says, that's where it seems to be so hard for you. You see, not the son of man himself, but the seventh angel, the seventh angel messenger is revealing to the public the son of man. Brother Branham was called everything from a devil to Jesus Christ. But the people that would call him Jesus Christ would say, I, I think he's the son of man. I think he, I think he may, maybe they thought he, I think he said he was the son of man. That's not what he was saying. He was saying, I'm just here. I'm just like Ezekiel. I'm just like Jeremiah. But God comes. God appears. God comes and speaks through me. But let's not forget, God comes. Brother Branham would say, now I want you to be sure, anointed ones of the end time, this is sure, that you listen to that tape. You might have thought today that I was trying to say that about myself, being that I'm, I was packing this message. I have no more to do with it than nothing. No more than just a voice. And my voice, even against my better judgment, I wanted to be a trapper. But it's the will of my father that I declare and am determined to do. I wasn't the one that appeared on the river. I was only standing there when he appeared. I'm not the one that performs these things and foretells these things that happens as perfect as they are. I'm only one that's near when he does it. I was only a voice that he used to say it. It wasn't what I knew. It's what I just surrendered myself to that he spoke through. It isn't me. It wasn't the seventh angel. Oh, no. It was the manifestation of the Son of Man. It wasn't the angel, his message. It was the mystery that God unfolded. It's not a man, it's God. The angel was not the son of man. He was the messenger from the son of man. The son of man is Christ. He is the one you're feeding on. This this is a quote I know Brother Harold has said so many times. You're not feeding on a man. His words will fail, but you're feeding on the unfailing body word of the Son of Man. That's what we're feeding on, is Christ himself, though he uses human vessels. I want to make some statements now to this question. Is the Son of Man still on earth today? And then I want to prove it. And I have probably so many quotes that we could go through, but we'll see how long we go, and then we'll stop. And we're doing, I think we're doing okay for time. Are we doing okay? The Son of Man ministry did not end when Brother Branham passed away in 1965. There's no way scripturally it could have ended. 
The Son of Man ministry is being carried out now through the bride's body. And I'll say this, the Son of Man ministry has not diminished because it's going through the bride's body and the prophet is gone. The Son of Man ministry goes on through you and through me. How? That sounds strange. We're not prophets. Well, we'll we'll, we'll work on this. Brother Brandon would say in the message, hear ye him. The hope of all the ages rests there on the person of the Lord Jesus returning the second time. Remember there was the first coming of Christ? There's a second coming of Christ, and I want to look at that a little bit. He was a man, yes, but he was the God-man. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Jehovah's tabernacle. Not me that doeth the works, it's my Father that dwelleth in me, saith the Son. He doeth the works. In other words, in that day, the Father was the vine, he was the branch to bear the fruit of God. Now he becomes the vine, and we are the branch. Did you catch that? What, what Christ was, now we are. All that was in God was poured into Christ. And Brother Brandon says, are you ready? Here it is. It may gag you a little, but listen. All that was in Christ was poured into the church. Not just Brother Branham. The works that I do shall you do also. More than this shall you do, for I go to my Father. You see it? And he says we are living under our God-given privileges that God has redeemed us to. Listen to my subject, another message, when their eyes are open. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, 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 raised from the dead. She said, sir, I perceive you're a prophet. Now we know, we Samaritans, we know that when Messiah cometh, which is Christ, when Messiah cometh, he'll do these things, dropping down. Now, if that was the sign for the Jews, for the Samaritans and Gentiles, and the whole world then, that he was the Messiah because he has done these things, would it not be the same signs of the Messiah if he does the same tonight? If Brother Branham would then hold a prayer line and the discernment would go forth. Wasn't that the same thing? He says. He's no more in a corporal body than if he's raised from the dead. He's no more in a corporal body, Jesus Christ. But he's in our body. He doesn't say my body. He says our body. All that was in God, he poured into Christ. And all that was in Christ, he poured into the church. See, it's just a continuation that day you'll know that I am in the, I'm the Father and the Father in me and I in you all together. Remember the Spirit, the prophet, and the bride all say the same thing. The Holy Spirit working amongst his people. Brother Branham then in the message of the trial, he would, he would discern a, a man's condition and then make this incredible statement. Message of the trial, 1964. And here sets a man sitting right here, his head down, crying, praying for himself, and also for his wife. She isn't here. And he begins to discern. That sign is going forth. She's not, she's not with you this afternoon. She's suffering. You think God could tell me what her trouble is and her not here? You believe it? You do? I'm a stranger to you. Is that right? Your wife has a female trouble. If that's right, raise up your hand high so they'll see it. And your name is Mr. Smith. Do you believe that God will make her well? If that's right, wave your hand up and down like this. And then he says this statement to the audience. This is 1964. He says, I challenge you to believe that Jesus Christ is revealed in the form of Son of Man in human flesh through the bride's body. Accept his call. 
I challenge you to believe that Jesus Christ is revealed in the form of Son of Man in human flesh through the bride's body. I'll say this. uh, Brother Branham was the wave sheaf. What does that mean? There's more to come. If he made it, he made it to that spot where deity and humanity had come together. What about you and me? We're coming to that same spot where deity and humanity would come together. The Son of Man living on and living on. Well, you say, John, the, 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 the Holy Ghost, there was the, I understand that there was the, 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 the Son of, the, sorry, the Son of Man ministry, then the Son of God ministry, and that Ephesian church age was, was where, was, was the pinnacle, and then it went down from there, and we're being restored back to the Ephesian church age, and I don't understand how we could go any higher than that. Well, let's keep going. Brother Brandon would say this, when the restoration came, Remember, there was, it dropped off, but then there was the restoration that came through Luther, Wesley, Pentecost, and another part. Brother Branham would say, the masterpiece, justification made a way for sanctification. Sanctification made a way for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And it doesn't stop there. Because it has to go from the Son of God ministry, the, 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 the pillar of fire there among the people, Christ appearing in hearts and lives. But it has to go farther than that. In this last age, the, whole, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, so the baptism, is the, God is not the, just the third person of a trinity, right? The Holy Ghost is God. Let me, re, let me read the quote that way. The baptism of God, the baptism of the Holy Ghost made way for the Holy Ghost itself to come right down in perfection. The baptism of God made a way for God himself to come down. Right down in perfection, back to the word, to what? To manifest itself, to live. That voice that is spoken has to live. That voice does something when a people receive it. When a people would come and take what's been vindicated and shown by a messenger, and then they say, oh God, I receive that voice, What happens to them? Something is born in their heart. God is born in their heart. The church will come down through justification. God's provided a place of worship. The church will come through justification through Luther, through sanctification through Wesley, through the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the Pentecostals, and go right into the perfection of the Son of Man, that when husband and wife will be the self-same persons, God will be so manifested in his bride, his church, till they're both the same. They're one. Now you see where we're at? In this last age, there was a direct access opened where it wasn't just the Holy Ghost, the Son of God ministry, but there was something that God wanted to do. There's been brides, brides, churches, but there had to come one where God could be, be so pleased with them and bring them to such a place of knowledge and revelation of his word that he would say, I'm going to step in and I'm going to stay and I'm going to abide and I'm going to manifest myself through that people. There'll be a wave sheaf that'll go forth, but I don't, I'm I, not just the wave sheaf. I'm looking at a people that will manifest that son of man ministry, that marriage of deity and humanity. Now, Brother Ed, you'll have to correct me if I get this part wrong, but this is the way I see it, so I hope I'm right. There was three comings of Christ, right? Brother Branham would say that 
everything travels in three with God. God is perfected in three. First coming of Christ to redeem his bride. Second coming of Christ to receive his bride. Third coming of Christ with his bride to rule in the millennium. Brother Branham would say, and be certain of God. Now, the coming of Christ is in three times. Did you know that? The first time he comes to redeem his bride, the next time he comes, we're caught up in the air to meet him. In another quote, he would say, he comes second as a rapture to take away his bride. So we would look at the second coming of Christ, and we see it as when Christ comes down physically, and, and, and is there on a cloud, right? We see it that way many times. We think of it that way. We see Christ physically, that that's what we're looking for, the second coming of Christ. Brother Branham would say, now there's three comings of the Lord. The Lord Jesus first came to redeem his bride. He comes second to receive his bride. He comes third with his bride. He says, he didn't come to the earth. He said, see, he didn't come to the earth on the next coming. We're just caught up to meet him. Brother Bradham would say, he didn't come to earth in his second coming. We're caught up to meet him. In the message, Broken Cistern. So he came first to redeem his bride. He comes second as a rapture to take away his bride. He comes third with his bride, king and queen after. Then he says, that's what many people are expecting of his coming. The third coming. But what's the second coming of Christ? Brother Branham would talk about Isaac and Rebecca, the beautiful Rebecca. He'd never seen her, but there he never knew who she was, but Eliezer was hunting her up. He found her by witness of the Holy Spirit, told her, he prayed and said, God, give me favor today that I may find a wife for my master. Then when Rebecca came to water the camels, which was the sign she was willing to go, and then he dro- dropping down, Jesus is perhaps, he says, I'd like to think it this. I couldn't say, he says, Jesus has already left glory coming down among the stars and so forth, moving down on the earth one of these days, yet maybe the church that he's never seen yet as the Holy Ghost, what was he trying to get at? That maybe there's a process. Maybe there's a time where Christ is coming. Maybe there's a place where, he, where, he, where maybe it's different than what we thought, denominational teaching of the second coming of Christ. And he's on his road now, I believe, left the ivory palaces, coming down through to receive his bride. Then we're caught up in the air to meet him. So there's this joining together for us to be caught up in the air. Why do we, why do we preach on flying higher? And, and, and why are we typed to the eagle? And why does it say in Revelations chapter 4, come up a little higher? Because we're leaving the earth now. What is the second coming of Christ? I'll say it. What is the second coming of Christ? Christ, Brother Brown would say, he didn't come in a corporal body this time. He came in your body. What happened? We, we can read in Acts chapter 1 where they would say, they, he was taken up and a cloud received them out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward the heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, you men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into the heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up into heaven in a cloud shall come so shall so come in like manner as you have seen him second coming this is the way he'll come like you've seen him what happened in 1963 
A cloud came. What was the opening of the word? Christ coming. What was the seventh seal? Brother Brandon would say in the message, souls that are in prisons now, I have the quote, the seventh seal brings him back to earth. So you say, well, I, I was expecting to see Jesus. Look to your left and your right. Who is the body of Christ? The head is coming. The head is, and I would say the head is maybe here. But who's the body of Christ? Who are his hands? Who are his feet? Is the son of man still on earth today? Oh, absolutely. I, Brother Branham would say, the, seven, the, the sixth has produced itself. The seventh seal brings him back to earth. The lamb come and took the book out of the right hand of him and sat down and claimed what he owned, what he had redeemed. That's right, it's always been that third pole, he says. Three is perfection. The ministry, then it says this, the ministry come to its perfection when it reproduced Christ again in natural amongst human beings as it was predicted, as it was in the days of Lot. God so desired to get inside of a man. God so desired to, 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 to have that bride that he wanted. God so desired, and now he has it. Yeah. We're here. Well, you say, well, how, how, how could, let me see if I can find this quote now. Well, uh, I'll find it maybe in a second. Brother Branham was asked this question. Would the bride have a ministry before the rapture? Sure. He says, that's what's going on right now. See, the bride of Christ, see, certainly, it's the message of the hour. See, the bride of Christ, sure, she consists of apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, and pastors. Is that right? That's the bride of Christ. Sure, she's got a ministry, great ministry, the ministry of the hour. It'll be so humble. Well, you say, John, I, I still, I am not following you. Brother, we're not prophets. Brother Branham, we can see how he was a son of man, revealing the son of man, but I'm not a prophet, you're not a prophet. How in the world can you fulfill that part? You're looking at the sign of the son of man. What he did, what Brother Branham did when he discerned the hearts and the thoughts he would come your, your name is Mr. Smith and this is your problem. That was the sign that the Son of Man was there. That's not the ministry of the Son of Man. The ministry of the Son of Man continues. That was there to vindicate that he's here. But what did the Bible say? The Son of Man has come to seek. I remember, well, I'll just, I remember loading up a sermon from Brother Tom Ray from Cloverdale. It was the ministry or the mystery of the Son of Man or the ministry of the Son of Man. Oh, man, I was looking at this thought a little bit or I've been thinking about it. That's going to be amazing. He gets up and reads the scripture. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And I was like, what? That's too simple. That's exactly it. What happened when, when, when Abraham and Elohim met, life came. What happens when we go forth and we live out our lives and that voice of God lives through us? Life can come to that lost and dying soul out there. The ministry of the Son of Man. You can do it. It's all part of what we, it's not just the sign that was for the prophet, but we have a part to play. And remember, it's not us, it's him. What was Jesus manifested for? 
Christ is the mystery of God revealed. To show God. He was God. He had to be. No man could die. No prophet could die. He was God. He was God of the prophets. He was the prophets. He was the kings. He was the history. He was he that was to come. He was he. He, he that was, he that is, and he that's to be in this day, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He was manifested in that purpose. And through that purpose, he achieved a church. That he, the fullness of God, might bring to pass every promised word in these last days when he gets the preeminences in the church, dropping down. And there, in there, there would come forth when he would express, could express himself in the fullness of this is amazing. There come a time where he could express himself in the fullness of his Godhead deity through his church to have preeminences in his church. Oh my, what? The anointed man, now the anointed people. Oh my, to bring back the anointed bride and bridegroom, anointed by, why? Accepting what Eve had turned down. I'll bring a couple of last maybe parts. We know that a prophet would be the voice of God, right? What he would say would become the voice of God to the age. And we could say, well, then that also disqualifies us. We're, I'm not a prophet. I can't speak the voice of God. I, I'm not the voice of God to an age, so that disqualifies me again. You're wrong. I, we're, not, we're not fulfilling this. Revelations 10. A mighty angel comes down. Remember, the three parts, spirit, the prophet, and the bride. Mighty angel comes down. He has an open book in his hand. A seventh angel goes forth with a message. What happens in Revelations 10, 8 through 11? Where is the book? Where did the book go? And the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again and said, Go and take the little book. What is the book? Which is open in the hand of the angel which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth. And I went unto the angel, this is John, John types the bride, and said unto him, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, Take it and eat it up, and it shall make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up, and it was in my mouth sweet as honey, and as soon as I'd eaten it, my belly was bitter. Where's the voice of God today? That angel said, and he said unto me, thou must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. Brother Branham would say this, when, but God sent Luther with the word, church age book, the Lutherans spoke for God for that time, but they organized and again the pure word of God was lost for organization tends towards creeds and dogmas and not simple word. They could no longer speak for God. As soon as it organizes, dies. It's not the voice of God anymore. Then God sent Wesley, and he was the voice of God, voice with the word in his day. The people took his revelation and became living epistles. So they became living epistles because they received that word and read and known of all men for their generations. When the Methodists failed, God raised up others, and so it has gone through the years until this last day. When again, Another people, not just, not just one man, not just Brother Branham saying another prophet is in the land. He says, when another people is in the land, who under their messenger will be the final voice to the final age. Absolutely, we are the voice of God being lived out in this place. Brother Branham would say, oh, that we could have in Jeffersonville thousands of lived voices. He would say in that quote, oh, I'm not a preacher. He says, live a sermon. He says, you don't have to be a preacher. You don't, have to, you don't have to say a single word. Did you know Jesus preached an entire sermon to that thief on that cross beside him? 
So much so, he just lived. He was dying in perfection as a lamb. He didn't say a word to that thief. That thief had been railing on him and saying all these things against him. It got to the end where that thief said, remember me when you go to your house in Paris. Jesus preached a sermon by living it. Jesus did it himself right in his death. He would say all that we would have in in Jeffersonville, thousands of lived voices. He would say, that's the thunder against the enemy. That's that thunder that will live forth. That's God in flesh, God and humanity married together. Can, Can Christ be in his bride as the son of man ministry? Yeah. He's been building this second masterpiece, or third, I can't remember how that all worked, but building another masterpiece for a long time. The capstone is coming. It's all coming together. Brother Branham would say, what is the Holy Ghost given for? The same Holy Spirit that saved the Lutherans, that sanctified the Methodists, that baptized the Pentecostals, is now setting in order the coming of the Lord. Then he says, when it, the coming of the Lord, will be so powerful, it's on now, will be so powerful that body will come, that body will come into this group, a church that will draw the rest of them from the grave. So this coming has to happen, and there's a power that would come forth, and a life that would go forth, that then would call the rest of them from the grave. Remember, the rapture is a process. The rapture is on now. The coming of the Lord is on now. The translation will come soon. Just a couple more quotes and I'm wrapping up. And he being the groom, the bride has come forth because it's part of him. And it can only be the manifestation of the fulfilling of all the revelations. Any of the others has spoken of the bride. It can only manifest. If it does something different from the groom, it isn't the bride. Remember, it's all him. This is nothing about lifting. This is just recognizing who we are. And having confidence in our call. And having a revelation of where we stand on the word. It isn't the bride, if, if, if it's different than the groom, it isn't the bride because now how, how could we be the son of man? Well, it says this, she is flesh of his flesh. So if he's coming as son of man, she is bone of his bone, life of his life, power of his power. She is him. Not just Brother Branham. She is him. If Christ is in you, it's not just you praying, but Christ is praying. And how can he not answer that prayer? Malachi 4.5 was sent to you. Brother Branham would say in the message, the presence of God unrecognized. Oh, the greatest pleasure I know is to be to pray until I can realize I'm in the presence of God. Notice he doesn't say that I can pray until I enter the presence of God. He says, This is the the message, the presence of God unrecognized. He says, I could pray till I can realize I'm there. He's in us. He's with us. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. We have to get past our flesh, our humanity, our failures, our terrible day, and recognize the presence of God is in us. If we've done something and grieved him away to that branch above, God, forgive me. But he's there. He says, oh, the greatest pleasure I know is to pray until I can realize I'm in the presence of God. I think it ought to be the thrill of the church is the presence of the Holy Spirit. Seeing the God that made the promise standing among us, feel his presence and see his word and see it vindicated. It ought to give faith to make cripples walk, blind see, deaf hear, dumb speak. 
One more quote we'll read, maybe, maybe more, but we'll, we'll try to wrap it down with this quote. Now, who is the Son of Man? We'll just try to maybe tie it up with this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And all the teaching we have and confirmation of the Word, Word of God by signs and wonders, that in the book of Luke here, as it was quoted, Luke, the 17th chapter, the 30th verse, and Malachi 4 and different scriptures that we're acquainted with, that word again is waved over the people. And that the dead traditions of man is dead and the Son of God is alive again with the baptism of the Holy Spirit right among us and is giving us life. As Christ was the first one to rise, raise from all the prophets and so forth, although typed in many places, he was the first fruits of those that slept. Then he says this, in the bride coming of Christ, coming out of the church, They'll have to be a sheaf waved again in the last days. What does he call that coming of Christ? The bride coming of Christ. That's you. That's me. That's that second coming. Waving. There would have to be a sheaf waved again. There was Brother Branham. Waving of the sheaf. What was that sheaf? The first one that was come to mature. The first one to prove that it was a wheat. That proved it was a sheaf. Hallelujah. I'm sure you see what I'm talking about. It was waved over the people. And the first time there will come forth for the bride age, for the resurrection out of dark denominationalism, will be a message. And that the full maturity of the word has turned back again in its full power and being waved over the people by the same signs and wonders that he did back then. Because I live, ye live also. Speaking to his wife, because I live, ye live also. What a resurrection that was. But what a resurrection this is. To be quickened from the dead, to be made alive. Jesus Christ, I wonder if the musicians could come. I'll take one more last little thought to say, well, there's no way that I could manifest Christ. I know my humanity. I know who I am. I know my ups and downs. I hate my ups and downs. I think we all do. How many loves their ups and downs? But if we take one last little thought of how God could come in flesh like ours in this last day in such a powerful way through the Son of Man ministry, not just some other ministry, but the most powerful kind where it would be God and his people in a way like never before. Remember the children of Israel, how they had that tent tabernacled, that tabernacle, and, and in it was the, the laver and the, the, the ark and all these different things, and, 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 and there would be the inner cord and the outer cord, and there was a process, and the holiest of holies would come forth, and the Shekinah glory of God would come down. And it was where, where you had to go in to, to make sure that the atonement was made for the people. And it, it was a place of reverence and respect. And God was, was there. Yeah. Amen. What was the outside of that tabernacle covered by? Badger skins. Do you know what a badger is? Not even nice. They're, they're not even really a super nice critter. You know what a honey badger is? They're actually kind of fun to look at. You can watch YouTube videos of them pretty much trying to fight a lion. These little honey badgers. They'll take on a bear. They'll take on a cougar. They might not win every time, but they are tough. They're ornery. They're bad sometimes. You don't want to fight one. God chose badger skins as the outside of his tabernacle. 
we look at our humanity and we see how ornery we can get or how sinful or how the mistakes we make. God's done it before. He can do it again. We just have to get out of sight of the way. Think of a, a badger now when the badger's unleashed on the devil. He can take on a lion. He can take on a, a bear. He said, come at me. I don't care. I've got the life of God in me. And greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. There's no weapon that's formed against us that can prosper. Hallelujah. Amen. I wonder if I could sing that song maybe again. God still moves. Let's all stand. Oh, God still moves. God still moves. God still moves. 